Good morning, church. Welcome. Uh, it's great to see everyone today joining online. I know that I can't see you physically, but it's great to see people coming onto Facebook. And I do go into YouTube and check there as well and leave a little message. You know, if you're able to just say hi to somebody, leave a little comment, whether you're on YouTube or uh, on Facebook, it'd be great to see those comments coming in. And uh, it's just good that we can gather together using the technology despite what's going on. Isn't it amazing that we're able to do the things that we're doing? And we're just so thankful for that. Um, I'm looking forward to when we can actually gather in person, though. I miss so much, and I know you do too, just being in the building, being with church family and worshipping together. Um, and, and it's just a, it's such a, an amazing privilege to be able to do that. And I'm looking forward to the day when we can do that again. And let's keep praying that it will be soon. And I just wanted to say uh, one last thing, and it was just to ask a little question of, of you, and, and just to ask how you're doing. Um, it really helps me to get feedback uh, from you just to see how you're doing. So if you're able to leave a, a message in Facebook or a comment or send a private message or send an email or a text or something, pick up the phone. Um, I'd love to hear how you're doing. We would love to hear how you're doing. And just to be able to get alongside you and encourage you and support you and cheer you on. We are praying for you. We love you. And uh, we just want to see God do amazing things in your life and in the life of this church. We're here to, today to worship God, to lift up his name in our songs of praise. And Sarah's going to lead us. Thanks to uh, Josh and to Sarah uh, for their continued support to, to me throughout all this time. It's just been amazing. And uh, I really appreciate them putting in uh, the, the work to make Sundays happen, especially when we're not able to gather together. So I thank them. But Father, we thank you today. We thank you that you are here. We thank you that you're with us. Lord, we might not be able to gather in person, but Lord, you live in us and you're that glue that holds us all together. You're the one that connects us and joins us. Father, despite all our differences of personality and, and all the things that make us different and unique, Father, you're still that glue that joins us together. Lord, we thank you for Jesus who has died on that cross for us that we might experience forgiveness of sins. Lord, we pray, help us to consider him. Lord, when things get tough, and things do get tough, Father, when things are tough, Lord, help us to consider Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinful people, people who opposed him. And Father, he endured because he saw us. He saw us as being part of his family. Just incredible, Father. Jesus looked ahead and he saw us. He even saw us in this day. He knew that this day would come. And Father, we just thank you for Jesus. We pray that as we come to worship you, Lord, that you'd help us to just lift our songs to you and praise our voices and worship. And Lord, that we might make music in our hearts to you today. Lord, be glorified in our gathering. Even though uh, it's, it's virtually, Lord, be glorified in our gathering, we ask. Holy Spirit, come and move amongst us. May your uh, presence touch each one of us wherever we are. May your presence meet us at the place where we are in need today. May you come and just touch us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Let's worship. Let's worship God.
everything that would hold us down and stop us from becoming the person that you want us to be. Jesus dealt with that on that cross. That our sin was nailed to that cross with him. And Father, we thank you through his death and sacrifice for us and his resurrection that we can be free. Father, we can be free. And the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And Father, we thank you for the freedom that we enjoy today. We thank you that we're yours. And Lord, we just ask that you'd help us to really appreciate the freedom that you've given us. Lord, we pray that your spirit would come now as we turn to your word in a moment or two. And Father, we ask that you would breathe upon us. Father, that you breathe life into our whole being, body, soul, and spirit. And Father, we think of those who need a touch in their body. Father, those who need physical healing, Lord, we pray that you'd come, even perhaps as some are listening to the service just now. Father, we pray that your power would come and that you would bring healing into bodies in Jesus' name. Father, for those who need healing in their emotions and their minds, Father, we pray as they hear this prayer, Lord, that you would come by your Spirit and that you would bring healing into lives today, we ask. Lord, for those of us who need a touch from you, Father, to hear some sense of direction from you. Father, for those of us who are searching for answers, Lord, we pray that you'd help us to hear that still small voice of the Holy Spirit saying, this is the way, this is what I want you to do. This is what I'm asking of you today, this week, this month. Father, help us to be sensitive to all that you want to say to us and to your leading, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just get our Bibles ready. We're going to turn to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to read the first three verses in a little second as we turn uh, to God's Word and as we think about Sabbath. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the time where we can be gathered together and singing these songs uh, with a full band again. I, I really miss uh, just all the dynamics of, of church, and, and I know that you do too. Uh, and so many people have said uh, that they miss being in the church building. Hopefully, at some point soon, we'll be able to open up the building. You know, it's just these are challenging times, and, and, and all the way uh, from level three down to level zero, we're limited to 50 in the building, and that's going to be a real challenge. And I think these things are with us for a while, and, and we just want to try and uh, help you as much as we can to stay uh, connected. One of the things that we're doing regularly every week uh, is prayer on a Monday and on a Wednesday. It's Monday at 9.30 in the morning and on a Wednesday at 7.30 at night. And I, I just hope that you can join us on some of these gatherings. It's just been amazing uh, to, to, to just pray together, to sense God's presence, just to hear some of these prayers. It's just phenomenal. And, you know, we, we don't need to be experts uh, I just think about my relationship with my kids, especially when they were small. It's like they used to just come and just say things and ask things. You know, it's, prayer doesn't need to be complicated. <coughs> and I hope that you can join us at one of our, our prayer gatherings. You should have received an email with all the, the links and information for those gatherings. Uh, you can even join by telephone as well if, if, if you have that opportunity as well. 
Um, just to let you know that um, from the 13th to the 21st of this month, that will cover two Sundays, and we'll be taking some annual leave. And on the first of those Sundays, we will have a, a guest speaker uh, bringing God's Word, and it will be Pastor Jamie Tong, who was the pastor at New Life in Shetland. Um, Jamie's now based uh, in Hull with his wife, Christine, and Jamie and Christine have been at the church before and ministered to us, and I'm looking forward to what they're going to bring. Also, uh, the following week, we will have John Rollo speaking with us, and John is the current pastor of New Life Shetland, also a good friend. Um, John has been a friend to, to us for many years in John's family. I remember John coming into this church just as a, a wee boy, um, you know, just in single digits as far as age is concerned, and now John is leading New Life Shetland along with his wife and his family there. So we're just looking forward to them and what they have to bring. And just to remind us that the whole situation with, with COVID is something that we're keeping track of. Um, we have a recovery team that we call in uh, to, to research and advise and do all those things, and we make decisions together, and we're really trying to make sure that whatever we do as church um, is helpful, but also safe for you. And so we, we keep our eyes uh, fixed on those things as well. And just as I said at the start, you know, if there are things which you're struggling with, please pick up the phone and let us know. Please send a text, drop an email, and uh, we, we just want to be able to get alongside you and pray with you and to really help and support you wherever you're at in your journey. I just want us to pause for a moment and pray. We're going to turn to God's Word, and we're going to consider this whole subject of Sabbath the seventh day of our week. And we're going to stop and just pause and reflect on that for a little while this morning. And so I did say get your, your, your Bibles ready. I turn to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to read the first few verses once I introduce this subject of Sabbath. Let's pray for a little second. Father, we pray that our ears would be open to hear what you want to say into our spirits today. Father, may our eyes, our spiritual eyes, be open to see what you want to reveal to us. And Father, we pray that today there would be uh, just something of a revelation moment as we consider this principle of Sabbath that runs all the way through the Bible. Lord, we pray that we would have a revelation, that our hearts would be open to receive your word today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Do you know, I always hesitate to preach on anything that I am not putting into practice in my own life. The job of a pastor is a challenging one because any time I stand here to speak, I need to know that I am doing my very best to put into practice the things that I'm preaching. Otherwise, I lack integrity. I lack any sense of authenticity at all. And I just want to say at the start, this is a subject which I am still, it's still work in progress with me, if I'm being totally honest. This whole subject of Sabbath. I have been in church for 53 years now, and I have heard Sabbath approached in so many different ways. Some of it was far from restful, let me say, um, and that sometimes it's been quite legalistic, which is a term that we'll come on to later on. But this principle of Sabbath is something that we see right the way through the Bible. And I want to just talk a little bit uh, at the start, as I introduced this, about the, the principle and the problem. 
As we go into the book of Genesis, Genesis is a book that's all about beginnings, and there are so many things seeded in the book of Genesis that begin to grow and put down roots as the pages of Scripture are written throughout the generations and throughout time. Some principles are there right in Genesis, and they work their way all the way through the Bible into the New Testament, and I'm really interested to hear what Jesus has to say about some of these principles. But it's only as we apply these principles into our hearts that they can begin to grow and produce fruit. Some of these principles are so basic that they can be overlooked. It's like the principle of Sabbath. Sometimes when we've been in church for a long time, we just assume that everybody knows about Sabbath and what this principle is and what it means. But the reality is that not everybody does know because we don't necessarily go back and teach on the basics. Sabbath is a principle of rest and worship that was instigated by God himself. God started it. And I would like to say to you today, God hands us the gift of a Sabbath every week. Imagine that. God hands you the gift of a Sabbath every week. Just give me a second. Imagine it looked like this, and somebody was handing, handing it to you. This is the gift of Sabbath. This is the gift of Sabbath. Every day, every seventh day of the week, this gift is given to us. I'm just going to leave that there just now and come back to that maybe. I think Sabbath is a part of a life-giving package that God has designed that we may be healthy and whole as human beings. The problem is, and if there's a problem, it's that we can fall prey to the culture that we live in. Our culture is increasingly giving the Bible a big, massive body swerve. And I actually see this in church as well. I'm not necessarily talking about this church, but I do see it sometimes in church, in this church, and in other churches where people tend to cherry-pick which parts of the Bible that they want to apply to their lives. And not everybody believes that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, even ministers, sadly. Not everybody believes that the Bible is inspired. One of the problems for people in our culture today is that they see the Bible as a rule book. Well, it's not a rule book. The Bible is a revelation book. It's a book of God's revelation of truth to us, principles that are there to guide us as we live. I remember one time being in a third-year class in Whitburn Academy, sadly not for a while now, and we were talking about this person, this fictitious person, and whether or not they should become a Christian. And I was bringing this uh, Christian side of the story to the class. Why should this person become a Christian? One of the people who'd been in before me was a teacher who was an atheist. And the kids told me that this is one of the things that this teacher had said, that this person didn't want to, to kind of live by God's rules. They wanted to be free to do their own thing, to live life their own way. And this is a worldview which I think many people hold. They see these things as rules that will restrict. But actually, there are principles that give us life. The bottom, the, the bottom line is that we live in a universe that is governed by rules, governed by laws, principles, whatever you want to call them. 
And that's why there is a universe at all, is because these rules, these laws, these principles keep everything in motion. God designed it with purpose. And I think it's the same with society. Society needs to exist on a set of principles, a set of values, a set of rules. And when we get away from those rules, chaos ensues. Can you imagine a road with no rules? It might look something like this. Absolute chaos, a road without rules. And you know what it's like when somebody on the road ignores the rules of the road right in front of you, or they pull out in front of you. I had that happen to me uh, even today. Somebody just pulled out in front of me at a roundabout. I'm like, you're supposed to give way. That's the rules of the road. How do you feel when somebody ignores the rules of the road and impacts you, and you're the one who has to break? Think about it. Sabbath is like a rule. It's a principle that God ordained way, way back at the start. When it comes to Sabbath, Sunday is the new Saturday. And I'm not talking about the early Christians on the Resurrection Sunday where that became their principal day of worship. I'm talking about the fact that Resurrection Sunday is now Retail Sunday. Think about it. The people who work in our country are being having to work on, on Sundays, which is actually a Sabbath day, a day of rest and worship. You see, society is in such a hurry, a big, massive hurry, and we're always switched on. When what, and I'm not just talking about being busy with work. I'm just talking about being busy, full stop. There's always something on the go that stops us from coming to God. And as I said last Sunday, if we're too busy for God, then we're too busy, full stop. God is looking for our fellowship. You know, if I can contrast this discussion about culture to something, it would be a man called Eric Liddell. On the 2nd of October 2016, I talked about service in the church, and I used Eric Liddell as an example. Here he is on the screen. And I was reminded about Eric Liddell just this week, how he observed this principle of Sabbath he had been training for the 100 meters. He entered the 1924 Paris Olympics, and that was his race. And then he discovered that the race was going to be ran on a Sunday. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't do it. That's my Sabbath. And instead, he entered the 400 meter race, a race that he had never trained for. And he ran that race and he won it for in record time at those Olympic Games. And I just kind of think, here's a man who lived by principle, a man who lived by the principle of Sabbath, many other Christian principles as well, but he lived by this principle of Sabbath. And I think God honored his faith in sticking to Sabbath. You see, the reality is that God hands us a Sabbath every single day, every single week, sorry, Let's go back to the scripture that we were talking about a few minutes ago, Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And the backdrop is that God has been creating the world and everything in it, the stars, the sun, the moon, life on the planet, and he had finished it. This is what it says. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. God had finished. By the seventh day, 
God had finished the work he had been doing, and so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God sabbathed. God stopped. God rested from all the things that he'd been doing. And it goes on to say, then God blessed, sorry, (laughs) then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on that day he rested. Again, it says the, the word that it's using there is Shabbat, Sabbath. He rested. He stopped from all the creating that he had done. The work was finished, and God ordained the Sabbath. God began this Sabbath principle. He stopped. Was God tired? The Bible tells us that God doesn't go to sleep. He doesn't go for a nap. Think about it. God is with us every moment of every day, and not just us who are awake at this time of the day, but the people on the other side of the planet who are sleeping. God is with every single… He, he, he sees everything. He never rests. Did God need to take a rest? I don't think He did. God didn't need to take a rest. God doesn't get tired. What God did was He began a principle that was there for our good. I think God wanted to just take a moment to enjoy His creation, to look at it, and to marvel in it, and to to just experience the joy of that creation, and to experience the joy of fellowship with the people that He had made. God began this principle, this life-giving principle of Sabbath. We see it in Moses as well. We read about Moses in uh, in, in Exodus, how, uh, how God called them to take the people out of Egypt. Now, these people, we need to bear this in mind when we're thinking about Sabbath and, and it being a law of Moses, one of the Ten Commandments. These people had been in forced labor. They'd been in servitude and in slavery in Egypt. They were really hard pushed. They were so oppressed that they began to cry out to God, rescue us. And God sent Moses as a person along with his brother Aaron to rescue these people and to bring them out of slavery in Egypt to set them free. And that's what happened. And as they came out of Egypt, God gave them these 10 commandments, one of which, and I said this last week, 30% of the language that is used to describe these 10 commandments revolve around this whole subject of Sabbath. Why is it that we don't like the word rule? The people sometimes in our society who are not Christians don't like the word rule. Some people. Some Christians don't like the word rule. Some Christians don't like being told what to do. Even if it is in the Bible, even if it is in God's word, even if God is challenging with us, challenging us with it. Sabbath may be a rule, it may be a law of Moses that God gave to the people through Moses, but it's a life-giving principle designed by God for our good. What is it God said in Exodus 20? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. It's a principle that works through Scripture. We find it in the law of Moses. There's even a psalm for Sabbath. There's a psalm, Psalm chapter 92. It's a a, a psalm for the Sabbath, it says. And it says it's good to praise God, uh, sorry, to praise the Lord and to make music 
to your name. It's good to come together and to sing God's praise. That's why we do what we do on a Sabbath, on a Sunday. But it's not just in the Psalms. It was practiced by Jesus as well. Listen to what Luke chapter 4 says. On the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Jesus went into the synagogue Sabbath by Sabbath. And it was Jesus who tried to remind the people who'd got so caught up in the law and in the rules and in the regulations, Jesus had to remind them and say to them, in Mark 2 we read, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Jesus was challenging them because he had healed somebody on the Sabbath and he was being criticized for it. The women who were there when Jesus was crucified. It says that even after the crucifixion, that they observed the Sabbath. In Luke chapter 23, we read this. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath. Absolute catastrophe. Their world had fallen apart, and yet still they observed the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. In obedience to the commandment. They obeyed God's law, this life-giving principle. It was practiced by the apostles. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went, as usual, into the Jewish synagogue, Acts chapter 14. And if you read the chapter before that, you'll see that their practice was to be in the synagogue on the Sabbath. Do you need convinced? Listen to what Acts chapter 17 says. It was his custom, uh, sorry, as was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from scriptures. He reasoned with them. The Sabbath is a principle set out by God himself, practiced all the way throughout scripture. We see it in the law, we see it in the Psalms, we see it in the prophets, we see it in the New Testament as Jesus applies it to his own life and to the lives of others and interprets that for them. We see it in the apostles in the early church as they continued to observe the Sabbath. You see, going right back to the start in Genesis, we read in Genesis chapter 1 uh, verse 22 that God blessed the sea creature's and the birds with life and fruitfulness. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, it says that God blessed the animals, He blessed the people with life and fruitfulness. And so far in Genesis, this word which is used for bless has always been about life and fruitfulness. And one interpretation of it is to endure with power for success, prosperity, fruitfulness as an offspring, and longevity. That's what it meant to bless. And here is God on the seventh day blessing the Sabbath. And I think what the text is saying is that Sabbath is meant to be a life-giving principle, something that gives us power for success, 
something that gives us prosperity, something that is able to help us to be fruitful in all sorts of ways, something that gives us longevity. If we run flat out, we can only go for so long. It was a Sabbath day, a day to stop, a day that God blessed, a day that was set apart as being holy, a day for fellowship between God and people. But here's the problem with the rules, and it's an expression that needs to be explored. It's called legalism. Maybe if you're new to Christianity, if you're new to the church, you've never come across that term, that term legalism. It's when we take the Word of God and the law of God, and that becomes more important than the methods of God. And we'll come to that in a little second. You see, when Sabbath is a means to an end, to rest in God and to worship, then that's how we're supposed to approach it. That's how it's been designed. It's a means to an end. It's that we might rest and that we might have fellowship with God, that we might have a day to worship God. When Sabbath becomes the end in itself, then we start to get into legalism. We start to ask questions around like, well, what am I allowed to do on the Sabbath then? If it's a day for rest and worship, what am I allowed to do? What am I allowed to get away with? And then we start to make up all these rules about what we can and can't do on a Sunday. And we get into legalism and we get into judgment. You see, the Bible says that the letter kills, but the Spirit brings life. If we focus on the letter of the law and we hold each other in judgment, then what happens is that we begin to destroy each other. Whereas the Spirit, the Spirit of God comes and reveals these principles to us, and as we apply them into our lives, we experience the life that God ordained for us. The Bible says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I, Jesus, he says, have come that you might have life and all its fullness, abundant life. That's why he came, to give us life. The reality for us is that we're trapped in sin, we're trapped in rules, we're trapped in this and that and the next thing, addictions, bondages, all sorts of things. Jesus comes to set us free from that. Maybe you today are trapped by something. Maybe you have an addiction, a habit, something that's trapping you and you can't get out of it. Pray to God, pray to the Holy Spirit to come in and bring revelation into your spirit and to show you how to get out of that. God always provides a way out. The problem with legalism is that it kills. Legalism kills Christians. Legalism kills families. Legalism kills churches. And I don't mean physically. I mean relationally, whether relationally with God or relationally with each other. Legalism kills. It kills relationships. But legalism also kills respect for the law. I remember as a young person, and if you're as old as me, you might remember Glenn Michael's Cavalcade. It was on on a Sunday afternoon, and we used to watch and love Glenn Michael's Cavalcade on a Sunday afternoon. But there were some Sunday evenings where we went to somebody's house, and in this house, you weren't allowed to watch the TV on a Sunday. And I remember 
asking, why are we not allowed to watch the TV on a Sunday? Well, it's because it's the Sabbath. It's because it's Sunday. And I remember one night on the Sabbath, on the Sunday, the TV going on. And as a young person, I said, I thought we weren't allowed to watch TV on a Sunday. Ah, but it's the news. And I'm like, yes, and? And your point is? You see, when we get legalistic about the things of God, and we get all caught up in these rules, that's what the Pharisees did, then we begin to lose respect for the law. As a young person, I could have lost respect for the law of God, for the church, for other people. Thankfully, God spared me from being uh, sort of judgmental myself in a sense. I, I was young and impressionable. I didn't understand it, but I thought, okay, I just need to roll with this. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm going to have to just live with it. Legalism, rules, and regulations. You see, Jesus called out the Pharisees on these things. This is what he said in John chapter 7. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may, be, may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. The Sabbath is a life-giving principle designed for us that we might have a day to stop, a day to rest, a day to worship God, a day to fellowship with Him and with other Christians in the body of Christ. And if I'm being totally honest, I, I struggle I struggle and I can't understand why people don't want to be in church every Sunday, our Sabbath day, our day to stop, our day that God has designed as a life-giving principle that we might have rest, that we might have wholeness, that we might have life in all its fullness. And we don't avail ourselves of the opportunity. I get that some of us work in professions where there are people who need us. We're in caring professions even on a Sunday, people need to be cared for. I think that's what Jesus was demonstrating here, a man who needed healed. But every Sunday, every Sabbath, perhaps not. And sometimes we think, well, we have to work on the Sunday. Listen to what this says. It's on the gov.uk website. A worker, can be, uh, a worker can't be made to work on Sundays unless they agreed it with their employer and put it in writing. For example, changed the contract. You don't have to work on a Sunday unless you've agreed to. And that's really the crux of these things. It all comes down to choices. And the choices that we make will either fuel us and fuel our faith, or they will drain us and diminish our faith. I can't understand why when God hands us the gift of Sabbath every week, some of us just want to hand it back. Imagine this gift. Imagine it was somebody giving you a gift, and you say, it's okay, I don't want it. I'm good, thanks. Just you'd keep that. 
Just you take that back. You, and, and tell you what, I'll be really generous. You give that gift to somebody else who really, really needs it. God gives us this gift of Sabbath every week. And God wants our corporate worship. God wants our corporate fellowship. God wants the very best for you and for I. And because of that, He has instituted this life-giving principle called Sabbath, a time to stop, a time to rest, a time to replenish, a time for restoring of recognizing and worshiping God. Let me suggest to you today, and we've been talking a little bit about shalom over the last number of weeks, if you want to experience the shalom of God, then you need to enter into the Sabbath of God. I think it's all part and parcel. If we are so busy, never switching off, never taking a Sabbath to rest, to stop, and to worship God, then it will have a detrimental effect on our soul. Think about the very first day seven. God stopped all his work. Why? To spend time with his creation, people. And God still wants to spend time with his people. You know, for us, there's a very real sense that things never finish. It's like the jobs never get to an end. The to-do list, there's always something getting added to it. But but we need to realize that life runs in cycles. Everything in life runs in cycles, in rhythms. And I would suggest today, in fact, I'm saying today, not suggesting, this is what the Bible says. It's a life-giving principle instituted by God that we see in, uh, in, in, uh, in Genesis, seated there. Uh, we see it in the law. We see it in the Psalms. We see it in the prophets. We see it and the New Testament exercised by Jesus, exercised by the apostles, a day ordained for us. It's not an optional extra. If you're a Christian today, this is what God is looking for in His church. And we need to find that balance in our lives. I don't know about you, if you're able to drive and you've driven for any length of time, you may have experienced a wheel that's out of alignment. Have you ever experienced that? Where one, especially the front wheels, if there's an imbalance in the wheel, then the faster you go, the more you feel this imbalance and you feel this juddering coming through the wheel and you're like, what the heck is going on with my car? One of the wheels is out of balance. And the faster you go, the more you feel it. I want to suggest that unless we observe the Sabbath, unless we take that time to rest, then we're imbalanced. And the faster we go, we go in life, the more we feel that imbalance in our lives, the more we feel that there's something not just right and we need to do something about it. I can't put it any more simply or any more strongly. If we want to be healthy, Sabbath needs to be part of the rhythm of our week. God hands us a Sabbath every week what will you do with your gift of Sabbath? Will you just give it back to God and say, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit too busy to <laughs> receive that just now? I don't know about you, you know that feeling when the Amazon delivery guy comes or the postman comes and it's that package that you've been waiting for and you hear the ringing the bell or 
the chap in the door and you run to the door and you open the door and it's like, yay, it's arrived. All the more meaningful during lockdown, isn't it, when we've been ordering things online if you, if you do that and the thing arrives and it's like, yes, it's arrived. God does that with us every week. He gives us this gift of Sabbath. I wonder what we'll do with our Sabbath. It's a serious question. I don't, I can't understate it. There's a lot of talk these days about health and well-being. There are principles which God has given us that are there for our well-being, for the, for the, the health of us as a person. But whether or not we apply these principles to our lives, these things which were seeded in Genesis and began to put roots down through the Scriptures as it was written over time and applied in Jesus' life and applied in our lives or should be, it's a choice. We have a choice as to whether or not we will accept these principles from God and apply them in our lives. It is a choice. God made the Sabbath principle, and God modeled the Sabbath principle. A principle of life-giving, a principle for our wholeness, for our shalom. God hands us the gift of Sabbath every week. Every week, you have a choice. What will you do with your Sabbath? Let's pray. Father, we recognize that so many of us are coming from so many different perspectives. But Father, we pray, help us to grasp this simple principle that you have shown us right from the very start. Lord, that we may apply it to our lives and that we may experience the shalom of God. And Father, we recognize the challenges of the days that we live in. We're not able to come together on a Sunday and to worship you the way that we had been doing before this virus hit us. But Father, we pray, help us to preserve this time of Sabbath, even if it's in our own personal times, to worship you, to come into your presence and to give glory to you. We thank you for the technology that allows us to meet but Lord, Lord, we pray, help us to safeguard this time. Help us to safeguard this day, particularly in a culture where uh, Sunday has become the new Saturday, where Resurrection Day has become Retail Day. Father, where there is so much busyness, so much going on, people having to work a Sunday, Lord, help us to realize afresh that you've called us and given us the opportunity to live in a different way, a way that is life-giving. And we pray, help us to grasp this principle today and to apply it to our lives. Help us not to become legalistic with things. Help us not to become judgmental with things. But Father, help us to find the life in these principles that you have given us. Lord, we just pray, help each person today to just grasp something of what you're trying to say to us today. In Jesus' name we ask. Maybe you're joining us today and you've never made a decision to become a Christian. Maybe you're joining us today and you've made a decision to become a Christian, but you've just drifted away from, from all that God has for you. I just want to encourage you to think about that. The things that God has for us as people, 
are life-giving. They've always been life-giving. And God wants to come into your life today. He wants to just live in you by His Holy Spirit. And it's only a prayer away that the things that God is showing us, He can reveal to you so that your life can be transformed and changed and that you can have a brand new life, a new start, a fresh start. All the stuff of life, the guilt, the shame, everything that may be part of your past, whether it's addiction or some form of, of, of kind of habit that holds you back, God can come and He can set you free from that. And I just want to pray as we're finishing off a prayer for you today. Let's just pray. You can repeat this prayer after me, either out loud or in your, in, into yourself, and, and just pray in faith today, and God will come into your life. Dear God, I recognize that I've been living life my own way. I've been living on my own principles, my own set of rules, and in my own understanding. I ask that you forgive me. I ask that you come into my heart by your Holy Spirit to cleanse me, to make me clean inside, to give me a new start today, to give me a fresh start, and to help me to live by these life-giving principles. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer, just let us know. Um, there's a website at the bottom of the, the screen here where you can just get in touch with us uh, through that. And we'd love to just help you on this journey. The Christian life is a journey. It starts when we make, pray that prayer and make that decision. And it goes on until the day where we see him face to face. And, and, then, <laughs> and then it goes on some. And I just pray that God blesses you today. I hope that today has been helpful for you. I hope that today has been challenging for some because we need to be challenged by God's word. But I pray that you have a great week. I pray that you're blessed. I pray that those who struggle with things will find freedom in those things, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual. For those who are struggling with addictions, that God would set you free and that God would give you a, a newness of life. Let's just lean into all that he has for us this week. And I just pray that you would be blessed in Jesus' name. Take care and have a great week.